Hello everyone, this is episode number 135 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is October 3rd, 2019. My name's Robert Ring, and with me is Mr. Jay Totoro. Hello, sir. How is it going, Jay? Things are pretty good. It's finally starting to cool off, so it's uh, much, much more enjoyable here. How about you? I'm, uh, it's, I think it's supposed to start cooling off here. But well, it has been, for us is like it's been under a hundred consistently for like the last couple of weeks. Which yeah, is today that's pretty awesome because today I know it's probably doesn't compare to what you've been going through, but today it you was, also have humidity too, though. It got up to one hundred and one here today. Damn, that's a reach for you, isn't it? It's a, it, yeah, like the past three days have been record highs. Holy shit! <laughs> is it is it pretty humid right now too, or no? It always is humid. Okay. Yes. Yeah, year, year round, it's just humid. It's that, that that doesn't change. Yeah. Hard pass on that. Yeah. Uh, I went on a like I go on a short walk around like the middle of the day every day just to kind of mm-hmm. get out and move around some, and it is just like it feels just it's like where it feels like oppressive almost the heat. Oh that yeah. You just like feel that's a good word for it. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And then you can't even shower to get it off because the second you get out of the shower, you're like, well, time to dry off. Oh, can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Back to being sweaty and sweaty as gross, sweaty and gross again. Oh, yeah. shit. That's pretty much how it goes, but uh, that's the hell we live in, so let's make the best of it. Oh, yeah. That's why we play classic games, to you know, escape it. That's why we do that. That's also why I watched Detective Pikachu last week. Did you? What'd you think of it? I haven't watched it. It was, uh, it's dumb, but it's kind of, it's like fun dumb, you know? It's not really a good movie, but it's exactly what it, I feel like it's exactly what it should be. Just kind of like, oh, here's a dumb fun movie with cool scenes that have Pokemon in them, and that's, you know. That's all you can ask for, right? Out of yeah, a movie called Detective Pikachu. I don't. I don't think I'll see it anytime soon. Unless I'll put, if I got to catch on at the gym or something, I'll be like, okay, I'll watch it. But otherwise, I'm just like, eh, I'm good. Right. I probably wouldn't have watched it if I didn't have a ten year old. But uh, yeah, I was gonna say, kids she, gotta make. It. Even she wasn't really that interested in it. But we were both like, hey, let's yeah. let's check this out because it kind of looks funny. And uh, there are actually some some genuinely funny parts. Like she got it. She got some really good laughs out of, out of yeah. a few parts. So. It That's was, Ryan Reynolds too, which he's pretty cool about things, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it was. If you go in, it's it's one of those things where if you go in it with the if you go into it with the right expectations, then it's good. Just don't yep. expect, you know, you can't have too high expectations for it. I agree with you entirely. I, I, I agree with that. Well, today is our game of the quarter day. Oh my god, it is! <laughs> I can't wait to talk Just about kidding. Mr. Mosquito. Yeah, neither can I actually. Holy shit! But we'll get there eventually. We got some other stuff to talk about first, such as news. Bum, bum, bum. All right, Jay, you ready for some news? Let's hear it, Diggy. Final Fantasy VII Remake will have a turn-based mode. I actually didn't see that. I saw the most recent preview, or whatever you want to call it, that they released. I watched. Oh, that, yeah, I saw that, too. Cool. It's looking pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited to give it a shot. So they're going to have a turn-based option. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if you can switch in and out of it like on a playthrough or if, or if you have to decide at the beginning. Um, but they've just said that it will have a classic-style turn-based mode, which is, that's pretty awesome in, in my opinion. I would think you could probably switch on and off, I would hope. I would hope so too, but you know, you know, you never know what ramifications it might have for the whole playthrough sure. that where they just have to keep it. I don't know. I imagine it be something like before you load your game, maybe you have to turn it on or off. I would think you could either, I, I would think it's all or nothing. You can go on the fly or you just have to choose once at the very beginning. Okay. And that's it. That's, that's well, you're wrong. So <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's pretty cool regardless. Oh yeah. I'm really excited about the game. I don't know what, what systems is it going to be for? I, th- I think just PS4. 
Oh, Christ. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> of course, the by the time we're on Final Fantasy VII Rema- Remake Part 5, then who knows what it's going to be on. It's right? going to be PS5 at least, for sure. God. Uh, the Do you remember the Neo Geo Mini that came out about a yeah. year ago? And it wasn't really that... No, People didn't really have great things to say about it. Well, they're coming out with a uh, Neo Geo Arcade Stick Pro now. Okay. It's got... It's, it's, it's like a full-size... Uh, fight stick and it comes with 20 games uh, installed on the fight stick okay and it's it was unclear to me whether so it says you can plug it or it says you like it plugs in it says it plugs into the neo geo mini but it's it's unclear whether that's the only way to do it or whether it it can be standalone so i'm just not i'm just not sure on that because the stuff that i read didn't make it clear, okay. but it's got twenty games. I, I don't. I'm not familiar with all of these, but it looks like it's all fighting games. Uh, I'll just list them off real quick: King of Fighters '95, '97, '98, '99, '2000, and '2002. Fatal Fury Special, Fatal Fury Three, Guru, Mark of the Wolves, Samurai Showdown Two, Three, Four, and Five, Art of Fighting, World of Heroes Two, World of Heroes Two Jet, World of Heroes Perfect. Ninja Masters with an with an apostrophe on Masters, The Last Blade Two and Kazuna Encounter. Um, What's most exciting on that list to you? Like I said, I'm not very familiar with those in general. Um, in fact, actually, the only games that I've ever played any genre, uh, any of these uh, franchises in is Samurai Showdown. So I guess probably Samurai Showdown Two. Okay. I'm not familiar with the rest of the Samurai Showdowns, so those might be good also, but for me, Samurai Showdown 2. But also King of Fighters, that's supposed to be a really good series, and I've just never played it. That's pretty cool, too. Um, yeah, here here's the wording. So part of, the, I think this might have been translated kind of poorly, because one part of it says, um, like, there are, I'm trying to find it on here. It says, oh, okay. With totally eight buttons, you can use it to play war games. <laughs> like, what? Um, what? And it's, so the part where it says that you can plug it in, it says, uh, as a special bonus, the fighting stick comes with 20 Neo Geo fighting. Okay, it says, okay, they are all fighting games. Pre-installed. Connect the Neo Geo Mini or any other compatible devices and let it rip. Whoa, is it a Beyblade? <laughs> so I guess it says any other compatible devices. I don't know what the hell that means. Yeah, neither do they. They're just hoping you have something. <laughs> so, Maybe they'll have something. Just put it in there. Are you sure? Just put it in there. Just try plugging it into whatever and see what happens. Uh, so, yeah. Interesting Take that for what it's worth. Yeah, right? Uh, what else? Oh, Link's Awakening remaster. Or remake, I guess. It's more of a remake, I guess. Uh, came out. Oh, I didn't even hear that. Oh, yeah, I guess. It's oh, you didn't know fun. about this? It's on Switch. Interesting. How's it being received so far? Very well. Good. In fact, I read something in so far in Europe, it is the fastest selling Switch game. What? Really? Yeah, like like ever in you know in the two years of his Switch history, it's, it is sold faster dude. than any other game. Breath of the Wild left a good mark. I mean, let's be honest here. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, Link's Aw- Link's Awakening. That's a pretty famous. You know, it's got a lot yeah. of fans. So, and it looks awesome. 
like graphically. They did a really good job visually. I'm so happy that Nintendo's stepping up, man. I really am. It's, yeah, no shit. It's so great to see. Like of all the companies that I, if you like three years ago when Nintendo was kind of dormant, I guess it's more than three years three years ago now, but they were kind of dormant there for a little while. I was like, oh, what's going on? They came back swinging, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it was the Wii U, of course. Yeah, Jesus, I they about just that, yeah. fucking blew it, and then. I, I even forget that exists sometimes. Like, cause I had a Wii, and I never, I never even thought about buying a Wii U. Like, I, I, I Zach had one, my old roommate had one, so I played some games on that. I was like, I'm never gonna buy this console. Like, what are you? Not? I think I have one here. It's not even mine. Like, somebody left it here. They're just like, yeah, I'm not gonna do anything with it. I've got a Wii U, and it's a good system, but they just completely fumbled so many aspects of it. Yeah. More than anything, I think the marketing. Uh, God, yeah, I forgot about that. Jeez. But like, anyway, anyway. Um, what were we even talking about? Anyway, Link's Awakening remake is good. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah, <laughs> that's exciting. Um, I'll I actually might check that out. To be honest, that sounds pretty fun. More uh, other stuff that's coming out. Other old stuff that's being re-released in various ways. The first three uh, NES Dragon Quest games have been released on Switch, but they're like remasters, and they honestly look really shitty. Oh, that's unfortunate. Like I was reading some some people's comments on them, and uh, I and I could tell I was like something besides just looking bad. It looks kind of like a bad like a kind of generic like mobile game in a way. Ugh, don't don't use that word to me, please. But like some, I was like, but still, something else looks extra bad. And I was reading some stuff, and one person said something that I was like, oh, you know what? That's perfectly it. That's exactly what it is. They were like. Yeah, so they have this and that, and they redid some of the sprites, but the res and, and the resolution of the character sprites is not the same as the resolution of the rest of the game. Oh, that's so lazy. So it just looks so off. It's just so Oof. jarring. And yeah, it's, sure enough, if you look at a uh, at a at like a video or a screenshot of it, like sure, the like characters, it's like the pixels are smaller on the characters than they are on the rest of the game. It just looks really bad. That's unfortunate. Very. Um, Grandia HD Collection was supposed to come out this uh, month uh, on the Switch, but it's... Uh, I'm sorry, it was, come out, it was supposed to come out in September on the Switch, but it got delayed until October 15th. So that's still coming, apparently, but uh, we just have to wait a couple more weeks. And then, finally, the Sega Genesis Mini came out. Um... It has 42 games that I'm pulling up the list of right now. And you bought one. And I bought one. Hey, damn right you did. I knew you. <laughs> Had I not told you? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, here we go. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna blow through these real quick. Um, Echo the Dolphin, Castlevania Bloodlines, Space Harrier 2, Shining Force, Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bee Machine. Toe Jam and Earl, Comics Zone, Sonic the Hedgehog, Altered Beast. Uh, so th- these are in no order whatsoever. I don't know why they're listed this way. Um, Altered Beast, Gunstar Heroes, ca- uh, Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse, World of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, Thunder Force 3, Super Fantasy Zone, Shinobi 3, Streets of Rage 2, Earthworm Jim, Sonic 2, Contra Hardcore, Landstalker, Beyond Oasis, Ghouls and Ghosts, Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle, Golden Axe, Fantasy Star 4, Street Fighter 2 Special Championship Edition, 
Mega Man, The Wily Wars, Sonic Spinball, Vector Man, Wonder Boy and Monster World, Virtual Fighter 2, Alicia, Dragoon, Columns, Dynamite, Heady, Strider, Kid Chameleon, Light Crusader, Monster World 4, Eternal Champions, and Road Rash 2. Those are 40. And then there's two more, Tetris and Darius. Now, these are kind of interesting because both of these never actually were released on Sega Genesis. Interesting. Um, Darius is a fan-made port of the Darius arcade game. Some guy fan, some guy like made a port of it for Genesis just as a fan project. And they like made a deal with that guy to include it on this. And also Tetris, uh, was never technically released for Genesis. There were like, there are like 10 copies of it in the whole entire world. Jesus. Uh, and so this is a, Oh, you know what? Actually, in my notes, I, could, I forget what I said. That's true, but this is not actually that version. This is a brand new port of the arcade Tetris that, Jay, that they just made for this for whatever reason. So, 42 games. Jesus. Uh, all of those. Some pretty strong titles. When you started the list, I was like, oh, that's not good. And then it got pretty good towards the end. It is a uh, strong library. You know, you could, yeah. when they come out with these, you could always say, why doesn't it have this in that game? Uh, it's a pretty complete list, but this is pretty this is pretty solid for for Sega Gen- yeah. for the Sega Genesis library. Uh, I'll talk about this a little bit more in a minute, as you can guess. Probably, I as you can probably guess, I played some of these, and I'll and, I'll, and I'm going to talk about them during Spoilers. when we talk about games. Uh, real quick, um, I also have to mention just as a follow up to last week's non classic news, uh, the KFC game came out. Oh, Jesus. It's free on Steam if you want it. It's called uh, I Love You, Colonel Sanders, A Finger Looking Good Dating Simulator. Oof. As a working title. <laughs> uh, okay. Why don't we... So we got our game of the quarter to talk about. I want to save that for last. I agree with that. Do you want to... One. Actually, why don't I go first... Because I'm going to just go ahead and jump straight into Sega Genesis mini stuff. Sure. Then I'll let, do you have another game to talk about? Or I have not? one other game to talk about, yep. Okay. Before I do this, I'll, I'll, I'm going to talk about the Sega Genesis mini itself for a second. Um, so, size-wise, no, I mean, no, so, the, so, the exact, so it's the exact same concept as like the NES Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic, right? It's a okay. tiny little baby miniature Sega Genesis. Comes with all those games preloaded that I just listed a second ago. Uh, and that's and that's pretty much it. You boot it up. It's got a menu system where you just pick which game you want. You jump into it. It's got all the stuff that you, uh, that you expect like the Nintendo versions have. It's got save states. And oh. I don't even know what else to list. Uh, really solid game selection as we kind of uh, yeah, mentioned. Yeah, really impressive. You one of the better ones, actually. I, I mean, really, it really is. It's, you know, like I said, you can always say, you can always point out games that are not on it that should have been. Sure. But uh, regardless, I feel like it's a very good selection uh, of the Sega Genesis library. It's also awesome that there are so many games on it. Neither of the Nintendo uh, mm. classic consoles have, they both have, I think, one, I think the NES, I could be wrong. I think the NES has 30 and the Super Nintendo one has 20. I know okay. none of them have 40. So that's pretty sick also. 
Um, it is, it's also, it's presented really well. It runs great. It has no problems. You know, it's very easy. You got the covers of all the games when you pull them up. One, one nice little, uh, touch that it has is you can select a game and before just jumping in and launching it, it gives you a description of what the game is. So like, if you're not, if you're like, Oh, I've never heard of this, then you don't have to just like play it to find out. You can just click on it or, you know, press a on it or whatever. And it gives you a little description. You can read about it before you, uh, before you go in and start playing it. So you can see if it's something that you're, you know, even vaguely interested in. Sure. Uh, it does. Like I said, it's got save, save states, four slots per game. Uh, it, it does come with two controllers also, which is really nice. The, um, one of the Nintendos did and one does not. I, I want to say the Super Nintendo came with two controllers and the NES one came with only one controller. Hmm. Uh, so the Genesis one does have two controllers. Pretty awesome. Uh, it's got like and just a couple cool little details. On uh, the Sega Genesis, do you remember the little volume slider on the console? Yeah, it, vaguely. Yeah, yeah. It was for, it was for headphones. Cause you, so you could plug headphones directly into the console on that. And there was a little volume slider just for the headphones. Uh, it has that and it actually slides up and like you, you can't plug anything into it, but like it has the slider and you can slide it up and down. It just doesn't do anything. It's just a nice little touch. Even the cartridge flaps open on the top of it, even though you can't put anything in it. It's just, you know, kind of cool just that they have those little details on it. Um, now something huge that this has that the Nintendo, uh, classic consoles do not is you can, um, access your, so you can, so you can jump to the, uh, to the saves or the main menu of the game without having to get up and walk up to the console to do it on both wow. the NES and super Nintendo classic. Anytime you want to save or load a save or go back to the menu and pick a new game, you have to get up and walk up to it and hit the reset button. That got to be kind of... I know we're kind of spoiled, you know? Like, yeah. oh, oh, really? You have to get up and walk up to it to have save states on a classic game? Like, come on. That's kind of a bitch thing to complain about. But, like, nowadays, it's we take it for granted, almost, that you can just, like, press a button on the controller and bring up a menu or save it or, or you know, even switch games or whatever. But we've gotten so used to that, and it was, and it, and so it does get annoying playing the Super Nintendo or the NES Classic to have to get up, walk up to the thing, and and hit the reset button just to save your game or just to load a save or whatever you know. Mm-hmm. This one, all you have to do is hold the start button. Wow, it's kind of huge, uh, even if it doesn't sound like it. So, okay, and and it's eighty dollars. Okay. Game quality aside, you know, so like the Super Nintendo library in particular is super strong, right? Uh, you can't even, you can't really compare that to Genesis unless you're just a hardcore Genesis fan. My opinion is that this is, the Sega Genesis Mini is itself, again, aside from the actual quality of the games themselves, this is better than the Nintendo Classics. Jesus, because it's got more games and it has this, and you don't have to get up to save or load saves or back up to the menu. So I was very, very pleased with this. Uh, it's 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 great. If you like, you know, if if you like the library that's on it, this is awesome. They did it very, very, very well. So I played two games from this 
uh, that I'm going to talk about tonight. Actually, both of these games, I played all the way through the first day that I had it. So I beat both of these. Uh, the first one was the game that I was most excited to play on the Sega Genesis Mini. Because it was a game that I used to love when I was younger, but I haven't played it. I haven't played it since. That is Thunder Force 3. This is a side-scrolling shoot-em-up. It's uh, really similar to R-Type. You know, you're just kind of a space ship going through sci-fi themed levels and shooting bad guys. Um, one interesting thing is it's not all just space levels. Like, so you, you are, you know, in space. Every level is a particular planet. And so it's not just, oh, it's a black background of space with stars and stuff. Like, and that's not true for every level of R-Type, but every one is kind of just, they're very similar. This one, the level, the levels like visually are very different. You're not in, you're not like out in deep space. You are on a, there are a couple levels where you are, but on most of them you're like down, you know, in the atmosphere near the surface of a planet. So it's like, there's one that's kind of jungly. There's one that's like, really fiery in the background. There's an ice level. There's all this kind of stuff. So there's already a, a lot more variation there than there are in the R-Type games. Um, for, I'm going to go ahead and say this now. This is my favorite shmup. Hmm. That, ever. Uh, of all, you know, I'm not a huge shoot-em-up fan, but out of the ones that I played, that I have played, uh, this is my favorite one. And that was reconfirmed when I played it again after I bought uh, the, the Genesis Mini. Now, Thunder Force 4 is supposed to be better, but I have not played it. So, I'm definitely going to have to pick that up sometime and play it. But, uh, this is a super, super awesome game. So, I started playing this. I was like, you know, I wonder if this is going to be as good as I remember. I immediately fell fell back in love with it. One of the things that stands out about this is, this has amazing graphics for the Sega Genesis. Everything just looks awesome. There's so much going on on the screen at once. There's stuff flying all over. All the bad guys look super cool. All of the environments just look amazing. Like some of the best environments on a shoot 'em up that I can remember ever. You know, even stuff that came out after this. There's there's like I said there's there's different levels with different themes. The jungle level looks amazing. The fire level, the background of it. I'm going to try it in a minute. I'll try to see if I can pull up like a uh, Thunder Force 3 I forgot what level it is, but uh, like the fire level background, because it just like it's these waves of fire that kind of they kind of like go back. It's they kind of like wave back and forth. It's kind of uh, kind of hard to describe, but it's almost hypnotizing the way it looks. It looks so cool. Like this this game looks so good that when I was little, my mom used to watch me play this game just to like look at it, just to be like she would just be like, oh, this game just looks so awesome. My, my mom doesn't give a shit about video games, but like <laughs> she used to love watch. She used to really love watching me play this just because it looks so good. Uh, like I said, all the enemies are really good, look, cool looking. Also, the gameplay the, it feels really good. The shooting and the movement is really nice and arcadey. It's fast paced, but it's not like ludicrously frantic. You know, uh, the level design is really good. The levels they they don't get progressively harder. They're just all different from one another from one another there might be different mechanics on this one or that some on some of them there's more parts where you're kind of dodging the environment 
on some of them there's like on one of them there's it's you're actually flying underwater and there are parts with bubbles that kind of float, tend to float you up to the top so you have to sort of fight against those almost a little bit okay uh it's very challenging but it's not not in like an angering way where it's like you know this this part's so cheap you know what the fuck that's not fair it's more just like oh this part's just really hard and i just need to kind of practice a little bit more to get better at it hmm. uh one really cool thing about that and so you know games back then a lot of them, and this one included, were pretty tough, and that was kind of like to to lengthen the the playability of it. Sure. You know? So you, you just play it more. You get the idea was kind of like you get your money's worth out of it a little bit more. So that obviously, in many ways, can be frustrating because it's like, oh shit, I keep dying on level two. I keep playing the whole game, you know, first two levels over and over. That's all I can do. A really cool thing they did on this game is because the levels aren't like harder and harder and harder. They're just different from one another. When you start the game, you can choose which level you start off on. And then it cycles hmm. through them based on which one you started off on. So if you keep dying on, you know, on the fire uh, planet level, then you just choose a different one to start off on next time, just so you can get more variety. So maybe you don't, maybe you still don't beat that level, but you at sure. least get to experience the other ones and you play get them. a variety of practice too, right? Yeah. You get a variety of practice. You get to, you get more replayability out of it because you're not playing just the first one or two levels over no. and over again. You're playing, you know, whatever levels you feel like once you beat, you know, once you choose a level, then it, then it cycles through the rest. You don't get to choose every level subsequently. You just get to choose your starting level. Okay. Uh, I thought that was really cool. That's cool. Like There's that. yeah. And, and what, and another thing that they do is they, they do give you lots of continues. So this is a one hit and you die style of shoot 'em up. Um, you get like three lives, but you have seven continues. So you've got, you know, you've got a lot of lives. So even though it's even though it is challenging, they, they give you a, they give you a fair chance to, you know, to make good progress to get to, you know, to get a fair variety by starting off sure. on whatever level you want. That's very I, typical of games at that time too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they handled that perfectly, especially for, for that era. Gotcha. Um, and also there's a really good weapon variety. You know, just like any game like this, you get power-ups as you go along. And then if, you know, if you die, then in this one, you don't lose all your power-ups. You lose basically one power-up at a time as you die. Okay. Um, but they handled the power-ups really well. Um, if you get enough power-ups, then you feel, you're, you're definitely not, but you feel invincible. You're just shooting bullets and lasers all over the fucking place. And it's like, they're covering the whole damn entire screen. And it seems like there's nothing that anybody could ever do to hurt you. Uh, there again, there certainly are ways for you to get, you know, to get, to get killed after, even when you get your weapons mm -hmm. upgraded so far, but they do a really good job of making you really, really powerful. If you get enough power ups, uh, I liked this game so much that I, so, so I probably wouldn't have been able to beat it, at least not just on the first day. Uh, if I hadn't, have used save states, you know, all that being said, I did definitely need the save states to beat the game, but I beat the whole entire game. And then the next day I went back and played it some more. That's how much I like this game. It just feels good. It looks good. This is the, this is like the perfect shmup in my opinion. I got to play Thunder Force 4, see what all the hoopla is about. But damn, if, if it really is better than Thunder Force 3, I'm going to be blown away. So uh, that's that's a hard recommend if you couldn't if you couldn't tell. 
Just a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. All right, my second one that I played from the Sega Genesis Mini is another one that I played all the way through. Another one that I used to play a lot when I was younger. This was Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. Oh, yeah. I used to play the shit of this game. Oh, shit. Are you serious? Yeah, let me double check. Hold on. I'm going to type something. <laughs> Holy shit. That's amazing. I wonder if... I don't know if that was common. I don't know if a lot of people played this game or not. I would... Yeah, I love this game. Damn, that's awesome. Do, do, I, like, rent the, I rent this game multiple times. Is this a well-known game? Like, I don't is, think so. So, it, so it's kind of just a coincidence that you and I just both loved it? Uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anybody else talk about this game before, to be honest with you. Oh, man. I love this game. And... So this is a so it's a it's a platformer. It's a it's a fairly basic platformer even. But it's a lot more fun than I expected going back to it. This <laughs> one just like Thunder Force 3 and this is this is also what I remembered of it mostly like this is what I remembered thinking about it when I was little is this one also like has great graphics for the Sega Genesis. Really good animations too. I just remember like telling my friends, "Oh, you know, <laughs> Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse." I play yeah. this this game has the best graphics ever on Sega Genesis. Like you look at it now and it's really nothing special. But back then this really really was a great looking game. Uh so you are, so again, it's a fairly basic platformer. You play as Mickey Mouse, uh Minnie gets captured by a witch and you're go you got to go through all these levels to save her. You as just like any platformer like this, you're walking around, jumping on stuff and there are bad guys. You can jump on them and kind of do like a butt slam to kill them. Or um, you get a limited number of items on, on a level. Each level, they're different. Like on the first level, there's apples that you you can collect. And you can throw those as weapons. But they're but again, they're limited. On other levels, it's, it's different objects. But on, on every level, you get something that you can throw as, to, at enemies as a weapon. Uh, it controls really well. I mean, it feels good. It honestly... This game reminded me a lot of of the original Rayman. And I actually like this. Even now, I like this better than Rayman 1. I played Rayman 1 for the first time on the podcast a few months ago. And mm-hmm. it had some really frustrating things about it. And, and this, game does, this game has some frustrating stuff also. But overall, this game, I think, is better than Rayman 1. I don't know, wow. if, that's, I don't know if that's controversial to say or not. But, uh... It's to me, it's surprising that it's it's not a it's not an amazing game, but it's got it does have a lot going for it. Graphics are good; it controls really well. You know, there are definitely some difficult parts or cheap parts where it's like you gotta jump to a platform, but it, you know, as soon as you jump, some flying enemy comes by and hits you or something like that. Of course, but uh, but they're not overwhelming. Uh, they are. It's kind of like. It happens every now and then, but not all the fucking time, like on Castlevania or something. There's there's good level variety. You know, there's like uh, a fucking, I don't know, level where you're in the woods. There's one where you're inside some like giant house and there's these, you know, gi- it's like it's like you're shrunk kind of. And there's like giant books and stuff all mm-hmm. over the place. There's a candy level. You know, so there's good level variety. Uh, there is... Uh, so some of the bosses are kind of difficult to pick out their patterns at first or, or even to find, even to sort of figure out when they're vulnerable for you to jump on them and, and do damage. That can be a problem if you're playing it and you don't have save states. Uh, of course, having save states helps a hell of a lot. And this is another one, just like Thunder Force 3, I don't know if I would have been able to beat this 
without save states or again, definitely not just on the first night of owning the damn thing. But, uh, but I still didn't feel like it was overwhelmingly difficult. Uh, one interesting thing is, so obviously it's a Mickey Mouse game. None of, none of the game besides Mickey and Minnie and the final boss, there, nothing else is Disney related. You know, you would expect it to be like Disney themed enemies or, or something like that. But it's just Mickey and Minnie. And then you're playing through the whole game as Mickey, of course. But none of the bad guys or levels have anything to do with Disney stuff until you get to the very final boss. So it's kind of weird. But yeah, it does. Doesn't really bother me. Um, I would say this this game, it doesn't hold up fantastically but it's not so much because of its, because of its flaws it's mostly just because like all oh shit <laughs> it's okay? mostly just yeah i'm good it's mostly because like all aspects of it have have been improved by so many platformers you know throughout the years sure. but at the same time there's really nothing flagrantly wrong with it it's just that it feels so basic now compared to what we have sure. nowadays uh you know i was engaged enough to play through the whole thing a good part of that was certainly nostalgia and also the fact that I had save states and didn't have to keep restarting the damn thing. But uh, it's it's really not a bad game. It, it, so I would say if you like early platformer games, if you if you like the first Rayman, for instance, if you like stuff like that, maybe give this one a shot because it really wasn't bad. It was it was it was fun enough. Cool. All right, there we go. I'm actually impressed. I mean, you, you picked two games off of this pretty big library, and they both seem like pretty decent games. I mean, one of them sounds better than the other, obviously, but usually when, when you're picking games off a list like that, it can sometimes it's a little bit of a, a roulette wheel. Yeah, you know, these are the ones that I feel, that I felt like I had the most nostalgia for. So they, those are the ones that I... Well, well okay. These and Toe Jam and Earl also. Uh, <laughs> I didn't... I, I only played Toe Jam and Earl a little bit. Maybe I'll talk about that one on the next, on the next uh, <laughs> episode. But, um... So these plus that were the three that I had the most nostalgia for. So okay. that definitely played a part in it. But um, yeah, I mean, usually even games that I do have strong nostalgia for, if I start playing them and they just suck, I can't really keep going. Yeah, no, I respect that. I got you. These were, you know, Thunder Force 3, without a doubt, was the better of these two. Mickey Mouse, it was pretty solid. If I hadn't have played it, you know, so much when I was younger... I probably wouldn't have played it as much this time. But that being said, I really didn't expect to still enjoy it as much as I did. Gotcha. All right, Jay, uh, I will stop there before you go on to our game of the quarter. What what did you play besides our game of the quarter? So for this episode of the podcast, after you talked about this game recently, I wanted to go back and play purely for nostalgia. Didn't expect too much out of it. Got more out of it than than I anticipated going into it, but... Um, I decided to play Mario Paint for the Super Nintendo. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Yeah. After you talked about last time, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Well, oh, yeah, last time. That. It wasn't last time. Sorry, it was a few episodes ago. It Sorry, was about a ago. year ago. Was it really that long ago? I Yeah, it was definitely... It that's was a, maybe even. Crazy. It was maybe long. It was probably longer than that. I, I would have bet money that it was like three or four episodes ago at most. <laughs> no, I think it was like maybe even two years. No, Mario Paint? Yeah, I thought you... T- didn't you play Mario Paint for something on the... Was no. it not recent? No, oh, hell no. Okay. 
Hell no. I'm going to pull it. I'm, I'm curious. I'm not doing this just to like rub oh, no, it how wrong you are. But I'm curious as to where I, mean, I played not, it. I don't doubt it, but it's it's just funny. Because it was a while back. It was... A while? Yeah. You go ahead. I'll, I'll let you know when I find it. Okay. Um, so Mario Paint came out in... Ooh, was it 92? I think I saw. Hold on one second. Here, let me pull this up. Mario Paint. Wikipedia, yep, 92, um, and, 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 and it was uh, 1992 as well. So, uh, Super, Nintendo, Super Nintendo game, very unique game for the time. And it was it was something that today has generally no purpose. I mean, it is not a game that you can really go back and play for the full, um, full enjoyment that it was at the time. So, for those who have not played this game, Mario Paint has a variety of functions, but generally what it was for is you could draw pictures, you could uh, color pictures, you could animate very simply, uh, you could animate certain pictures, you could create songs, and there was a, a mini game they called it, I think it was called like a coffee break in the game. Oh, right. And yeah, so so for the coloring piece of it, um, essentially you could use pre-drawn pictures, which are you know generally scenes from different Mario games, and then you could color them yourself, or you could go through and color them. You could draw your own, which you know the functions it, it's there. It's it's very paint esque, uh, very simple. But there was a couple things you could do to it. Uh, one of the cool things you could do for those who have played Animal Crossing um, and you've gone to the tailoring house where you can actually craft your own uh, shirts and hats, they had a very similar thing, but you would design a stamp. So you had this grid that was like I, I don't know, probably like. 20 by 20 um, that you could basically color, uh, p- you know, cube by cube to create a stamp that you could ultimately use in your drawing. So you could use this to do different things. with, um, And it's pretty fun to do. You know, you could basically draw whatever you want. It could be appropriate, not appropriate. It's your call, right? Uh, so that, that part of this was, was kind of cool. But then animating was interesting. It's very limited on the animation. You can only use so many frames. So the animation has to be pretty short. Um, <laughs> I did, you, did you find it? No, I was just... <laughs> Sorry, oh. I was just thinking about one time me and my friend animated a dick that just like floated around the screen and got big and small and big and small over and over again. Yeah, I, I think every guy at some point in his life has probably done something <laughs> like that. Uh, but yeah, so to Robert's point, you could basically freehand draw something and then you could you could basically animate it to do whatever you want. And there, there's obviously some, some fun things you can do with it. Um, and I will say the sound effects for the actual drawing aspect are kind of funny when, when you use different tools. And then when you actually go to a race, there's a variety of, of erase options. There's like this one where a rocket goes up or down the screen, uh, which erases if there's one where the screen kind of dissolves away. Um, it, I will say they're kind of cool and the sound effects are kind of funny, but it takes forever for most of them to, to actually go through the animations, which is actually kind of annoying. Um, I use the rocket one the most just because it was by far the fastest one. So, um, the I thought the swatting game was going to be my favorite part about this because that's what it was when I was a kid. It's a very simple game. You just have a fly swatter and you're swatting bugs, and there's three levels to it, and they just rotate on repeat, and there's a boss at the end of every three levels. It was so boring. It is super easy after, like, dying once. I was like, oh, okay. And then from that point on, it just absolutely destroyed it. I was like, oh, shit. I thought this was going to be uh, my favorite part about this. Not really. It was it was kind of a, a boring aspect of it. The thing that I actually had the most fun with was kind of just either between the drawing and doing the music stuff. So the music stuff is essentially they either you can either custom build the song um, using different different noises or sound effects from common Mario songs, or you can use a pre-built song and then edit it to your liking. And you can loop certain portions of it, or you can adjust the tempo to faster or slower depending on what you want to do. And they have some pretty funny sound effects. There's like animal noises. There's certain animal noises you can use also. So, like I said, there's certain sound effects from different games uh, that you can implement as well that create a, a pretty funny song. And so you can you can kind of mess around with the different um, aspects of this. 
And I made some pretty funny stuff. I mean, especially with the animal noises, when you accelerate the tempo or decelerate, the sound effects get kind of funky. So it's, it can be kind of comical at times. Um, but I, I will say, again, this game is not something that is I, I would recommend people playing again today. But back at, back at this point, there was nothing like this. Um, obviously, there was paint, so you could draw pictures. But to be able to paint and edit songs, very obvious. When I say songs, I mean very, very simple songs. Uh, but also to be able to freehand draw and then animate some of these drawings was was pretty cool at the time. Um, but obviously, it doesn't really hold hold much uh, of an importance today. Um, trying to think, if there's anything else? Oh, the one one of the things that I, I forgot about is at the intro. The obviously it says the title of the game, which is Mario Paint. Mario pats he patrols back and forth across the front of the screen, and the different letters uh, for the actual title of the game. You can click on them to to do different effects, and one of them you can actually drop one of the letters on him and actually basically kill him temporarily. But all the different buttons do do different effects to him, which is kind of fun. Um, it, it really seemed like this was like a oh yeah, we should probably do this type thing, uh, and they just kind of threw it together and had some fun with it. And I feel like you can definitely feel that throughout the project because they did some some pretty cool stuff with it. Trying to think, Roger, if Roger, Robert, is there anything else that you remember or that is worth mentioning about Mario Paint? When I played this when I was little, I think what I probably did, the, you know, besides me and my friends dicking around with like animations or sure. like the pixels, like I remember one time we got in trouble because I was drawing like naked chicks with on the pixel art thing or something like that. Can you share said pics? Yeah, I can. I can definitely pull that up. Nice. Uh, but I remember. I think what I probably spent the most with is the coloring part, where you there are like a couple pictures that you can just pull up, yeah. and it's basically like a coloring book kinda. Uh, but that's funny because it's kind of the least interesting part about the game. I know, right? I uh, would say that oddly enough, the swatting game I thought was going to be the most fun and enticing, but it got the most boring the fastest. I can see that because it's pretty basic. I think it's so basic and so repetitive. Now, nowadays, the most interesting part to me is the music part. That's ex- same. That's, that's exactly how I feel okay. about it. it. It was it's interesting to be able to adjust the tempo and add different effects. Like the tempo in particular was kind of fun to mess with some of the you know iconic Mario songs. Uh-huh. I had a lot of fun just kind of goofing around with the tempo and adding different things, especially <laughs> the animal funny. noises. That's yeah. funny. Oh yeah, yeah. Like just add like a little like quack or something. Here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with the cat noises. That's awesome. This is. I mean, honestly, this is a pretty, like, very fully featured game for 1992. You know, like yeah. I'm kind of I, like I said, it kind of filled a need that didn't exist, right? I mean, the ability yeah. to editing pictures, sure, paint had that, but to be able to add motion and you know the music editing piece of it was kind of cool. I mean, and all the little like stamp kind of you, yeah. art that you could basically use as stamps like you could make like a little scene that looked like a scene from a mario game even uh just a bunch of cool stuff you could do yeah it was how, basic but it did have some some uh possibilities if you how, really dove into it how about the amount of time it takes to like paint fill something though i know oh my god <laughs> I was using a controller, by the way. I, didn't, I don't have the mouse, so I had to every single. It, it took me a while. Wait, like, oh, I'm gonna do use, this color. Wait, wait, did you do it on like an emulator? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, because I don't think you could even use a controller like on the original version. I think you had to um, use a mouse. I don't know. I, th- I think you're right. I used the mouse growing up, so I don't know if you you could otherwise. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely used a controller. It was it was nice to have a controller, but it wasn't like you know amazing. But yeah, if you'd ever played this game, if you wanted to say. Fill just the background of the screen, like fill the whole screen with a, you know, a pat. Like, so some of the paint, when you're using the paint fill thing, you can use patterns as basically the fill. And sometimes it would take like 
10 or 15 seconds for it to fill the whole screen. (laughs) Oh, man. Definitely a classic. 100 percentile. All right. uh, So, Jay, I think it's time to to move on to our long-awaited game of the quarter. (laughs) Quarter three, 2019. We played Mr. Mosquito, which came out in 2001 for the PlayStation 2. I, I almost reached out to you to make sure I played the right game because I was so confused. Like, <laughs> I had no idea what to expect. I read the synopsis and I was like, what? And I was like, oh, this is weird. Okay. All right. So I'm going to play uh, one of the, you know, of course, one of the first things that you notice about the game when you turn it on is the intro is already weird. Yep. Just like the voiceover intro. I'm going to, I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's, two minutes long but uh i'm gonna just play the first maybe 30 seconds or a minute of the intro right now so our listeners can hear it for anybody who didn't play the game okay i'm linking it to you so you can listen to it also if you want to because i know you won't be able to hear it from mm-hmm. what i'm doing but uh here goes welcome to the home of the yamada family it's summer do you like summer? Summer drives people crazy, and that makes them commit terrible acts. Take the tiny harmless mosquito, for example. It doesn't have enough time to do much during its one precious short life. Yet with one swipe, a human can snatch such a priceless life away without a second's thought. I am sure that you may already realize that you are a mosquito, the insect that bites people and makes them feel itchy, the insect that creates a trail of swollen bites. Like what in the I know. hell? <laughs> that that lady is, is in it for a lot of the game, and she her narrations are fucking weird, dude. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh as soon as soon as I watched this, I was like, okay, this is exactly what I thought this game was gonna be. You know? Oh yeah, 100%. Um, let's uh let's talk about let, let, let's talk let's talk broad strokes. How about that to be, to begin with? Okay. Mario um, Paint reference, but okay. So, <laughs> nice. So this is a uh, like Japanese, a very Japanese game. It was made in Japan. It's clearly like that sort of Japanese ridiculous style, of, almost porn at times. Style. Almost porn at times. Um, the fuck Japan. The story is really odd, as you can tell. And then there are before every level, there are these little cutscenes that are even more weird than what yeah. we just listened to. And you're always. Look at the the way the scenes are played out. It's always so. It's the Yamada family, like you just heard the lady saying. It's three of them: a uh, mom, a dad, and their like, te- like young teenage daughter, I guess. And they are. It's as if they were all hunched over a table looking at something, and then there's a camera pointing up directly at them, at their faces, and that's at what you all see. Times. Yeah, at all times. And that's all you see in the in the cutscene in the pre-level cutscenes, 
And it'll be like, oh, I don't even remember any of the specific ones, but it's like, oh, I got to go to the store today, blah, blah, blah. I got to go out to the shed and move stuff around, this and that. Oh, hey, have you, have you done your homework? And they're just all just like leaned over looking down at the camera. So, so one thing to note with all this too, the voice acting is atrocious. It's really uncomfortable and awkward, and it truly feels like each mm-hmm. person recorded their their segment separately. They do not sound like they go to, especially the mother. The person who voice acted the mother, it seems like she is talking to a, to a different group of people. Like they are not on the same <laughs> wavelength, and it's really uncomfortable. Some of the some of the dialogue is just so weird, and the way she does it, and like the the, the pacing she does it, it threw me off. Like you went from the gameplay, which is weird, to the cutscenes that are super weird, back and forth every single time. It's like this game is it's just unbelievably bizarre. Yeah. So the uh, the actual gameplay is uh, you are a mosquito. Shocker. Yeah, shocker. And uh, you, every level is you having to, you're in a room with one of the members of the family and you have to, you have to suck a certain amount of their blood. There's only one part, per level, there's only one part of their body that you can, that you're allowed to bite. You have to bite them on that one part of their body and suck blood until you get the right amount, the amount that you need to beat the level. It's like it's a, it's in 3D space. The game, you know, it's 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 3D areas, and so you're flying around in 3D, uh, and so they are usually the way it goes is they are doing something, and whatever they're doing, they're kind of in a position where you can't reach the part of their body that you have to suck the blood from, so you have to do things to make them move around so that you can reach, you know, their calf or their neck or whatever it is <laughs> or their breast <laughs> or their breast <laughs> uh and so like you might have to like maybe you they're watching tv and you run it you fly over to the remote control and smash into the into one of the buttons so it changes the channel then they are, get all frustrated and get up walk over to the control and that's your that's your chance that's when you got to fly in for the kill suck all their blood or not all of it, but a little no, bit of it. Just as much as you need for the level, not all of it. Yeah. That'd be even weirder. <laughs> and then you're good to go. Um, when you're sucking blood, you circle the R3 joystick. The right analog stick. I'm sorry, yeah. Not, yeah, the right analog stick. You rotate it in a circle, uh, and there's a little gauge, and there's a line going up and down to the gauge, and the faster you do it, the line goes higher, or the slower you do it, it goes lower. And then there's one part of the gauge that's kind of highlighted and you got to stay within that part of the gauge. So you got to rotate it at just the right speed for like a couple minutes sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then if you mess up, then that's fine. They swatch you when you fly off and you got to go back and do it again. You still have, you know, you've accumulated that much blood and then you just got to go do the rest. Uh, you know, you just got to go back and do the rest using the same method to get to that part of their body as, you know, whatever you did the first time. Um, sometimes... You'll do something, typically, it seems like if you're kind of, uh, if you sort of stay too close to them for too long without sucking blood, then it then it kind of irritates them, and it goes into battle mode. Um, and the battle mode is, they'll be like, the girl will be like, what do you think you're doing? Or something like that, and she gets up and she's super angry, and then she starts trying to kill you. And you have to... First of all, dodge her swats or whatever. You know, if if it's the level, we'll we'll talk about that. You have to dodge whatever she's trying to do to to attack you. 
and calm points be like pop up on her body and you have to please explain this i want to hear this okay i'll do my best there are calm points and you have to basically smash like just fly and smash into the calm points and you have to do it three times to get them to relax and then if you smash if you smash into the calm points again you're a mosquito and this is a full-size human by the way yeah if you smash into the calm points three times then the thing pops up and goes relax and the person's like oh i'm tired and they go back and lay down or do whatever they were doing before i didn't realize the game was going to be quite as pervy as it is yeah same um but for instance the first level the calm point is basically on the girl's vagina and we don't know her age but it assumes she's pretty young yes uh it certainly seems like she is to me it seemed like a pre-18 year old teenager yeah 100 percent. also uh, her dialogue at the beginning was really weird and suspect oh really? she walks into the what room did she say? i don't remember exactly what it was but i remember just being like what it, 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 I remember the intro dialogue. I'll see if I can find it, but the intro dialogue was weird. Um, I do most remember... Huh? Yeah. I remember most of the dialogue being pretty weird, but that in particular caught my ears. And even aside from that, it's kind of voyeuristic. Yeah. Even yeah. in and of itself, because the very first level is this girl, and she's just laying down in her bedroom. In short shorts. In short shorts, just kind of like chilling and relaxing. Um, on top of her blankets like a sociopath yeah and uh and you're just in there and it's nothing you know nothing is happening but it's it definitely feels like it's trying to appeal to some voyeuristic sense of like yeah oh she's in here by herself and i'm just i'm just a fly on the wall so to speak um yeah and then the calm point is like not exactly on her crotch (sighs) but basically like it's pretty weird and then there's and then there's a level just a couple levels later where she's in the bathtub and like, and you, and the, the part of her that you have to bite is, is basically her boob. Like technically it could be like considered just above her boob, but like she's laying there in the bathtub naked. Of course. Yeah. Naked. Like you see the top, like of the, like of the mounds of her cleavage, I guess for lack of a better term. Uh, And it's not like a peak. It's like, the f- it's it's a pretty yeah it's a, it's basically everything besides nipple you know yeah. uh and it's like oh here's the spot where you have to bite D- you know what you know don't make anything out of it well, you know why you got to be worried about this it's just right on her boob uh if, if it feels like they're trying to be low-key about it yeah. but they're not at all in any way whatsoever and then so you try to bite her she gets mad and starts spraying you with the faucet and you got to zoom in and bite her boob anyways yeah, we forgot to mention, too, there's also some external forces besides the people that are trying to thwart you. There's, uh, like, the bathtub level had bubbles that are also in three-dimensional space that try to that are kind of in your way, and you have to dodge those as well. Um, so there is something else in addition to the people that you have to interact with, but for the most part, I mean, it's pretty easy to avoid them. I don't know. Did you have any trouble with the... I don't remember the bubbles. Uh, I remember that level was a little bit tough, but I remember it mostly being her trying to spray me with the faucet. That was the hard part about it. 
Oh yeah, that part was really annoying as well. Actually, I forgot about that. that honestly, as soon as that I finished the bat that bubble, I was kind of, uh, I was kind of good. I was getting really concerned. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Where is this going? Mm -hmm. Is this going to get worse?" That was my first thought. And then I googled it. I'm like, "Okay, it doesn't get worse." Yeah, I think that's about as bad as it gets. Uh, I didn't get yeah. too far. I got to level, I think six. Um, yeah, and it's not just the girl that's on every level. Sometimes, like on one level, it's the mom, and she's in some storage shed or something like that, moving boxes around. Yeah. There's some levels where it's the dad just, like, lying around watching TV. Um, I read it's about two hours long in total. I think there's 12 levels in total. Two hours, really? Because I felt yeah, like I, I played it's, it for I heard about... it's a pretty short game. Oh, you know, that sounds about right. Because I probably played it, I don't know, maybe an hour. It probably would have taken me a little bit longer than that. But, yeah, I probably played about an hour and a half, got to six levels. And then I kind of got frustrated with the mechanics. Because the controls are really... Do you want to talk about the control? Did you did you find the controls yeah. awkward? It, it wasn't... I mean, it's not necessarily awkward. They're just not amazing. So, I mean, as you can mention, as you, we kind of talked about, it's three-dimensional flying. It's not perfect. It's not great. And it feels really clunky. And especially when you're turning, the turn, the, the ability to actually turn is very wide. So it makes it very hard when you're trying to dodge things because you obviously are very slow to turning and it makes it much, much more difficult to avoid things. It is, it is clunky. It is relatively responsive, but God, it's, it's pretty rough at times. I got a little frustrated with it myself, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Is that it, pretty good? Is that how you felt? Yeah, I think, I, I think, yeah, pretty much. It's just kind of clunky and like, it's really difficult to hit the parts of the, and there's not really a good explanation either for why you're only allowed to, you know, suck blood from the boob sure. on this level or like the calf or the neck or whatever it is. It's just like, Oh no, this is the only part that you're allowed to get. Um, it's really difficult to aim to fly in and hit the exact part that you're supposed to hit. Yeah. Um, and especially on battle mode where you have to hit the calm points while they're trying to swat at you Oh yeah. and moving around and stuff. It's like, sometimes you have like, you know, a window of a second to be able to hit the right spot or not. And then if not, then you kind of are fucked and you have to try it all over again. Um, I, I think the difficulty was a little bit more than it needed to be for a game like this. Yeah, it was pretty annoying at times, for sure. I agree with you. Yeah, I think that's... It, 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 yeah, it didn't have much appealing to me. I, I, the best thing that I, I thought, it's not fun to play, but it's kind of fun to experience. Because uh -huh. it's a little bit interesting, the dialogue keeps to your attention some of the visuals are interesting but it, it's not real fun to play like if, if you're looking for something to play this is this is not it yeah good way of putting it it's 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 an interesting game for sure yeah. it's very quirky you got some funny things about it uh it's not really fun it's not really that fun yeah i'm curious to see what our listeners have to say about it i, I really want to hear other people talk about it i'm very I think we're gonna get some fun emails maybe so i'm very happy that i played it and and mm -hmm you know, and found out about this game. But like you said, it just really wasn't that all that fun. So, uh, there's Mr. Mosquito. I mean, I guess kind of take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I'm more deposit. <laughs> uh, it was very, it was interesting for sure. Um, Jay, Captain, Captain, oh my God, we got to choose our next game of the quarter. You and I talked about this a little bit. Yep. Are you still you still wanting to go with what we had uh, talked about? Yep. 100%. All right. So Jay wasn't sure what he wanted to do for our next game of the quarter. He asked me for some for some ideas. What we decided on 
is the original Rogue. Which I was supposed to be looking up and finding out where you can get this. And I, I definitely didn't do that. At all. How dare you, Roberto. Alright, I'm going to get back to everybody on this one. I don't know the best way to play Rogue right now. But it's it's definitely available to find for free. Um, So, Rogue, as you may know, is the original, is the game that spawned the roguelike genre. A super classic style game where everything on screen is just an ASCII symbol. Um, this is my favorite type of, this is my favorite style of roguelike. I love ASCII graphics. I don't know why, but I just think they're awesome. I really have fun with them. Uh, and this is the original. This is the, this is the game that started it all. NetHack was a variant of Rogue. Um, I was talking about this with Jay. One thing that I don't like about NetHack uh, is that there are so many secret things that you kind of have to learn or look up to find out about the game to really even stand a chance at doing good whatsoever on top of it. And, and even then, it's still a very difficult game. But it's like there's so many little secret things that you would never know if you didn't look them up. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that Rogue has. Could have basically all that. It could have a lot less. I'm hoping a lot less. But I think this is going to be a really cool one to try. Um, yeah, I'm actually really excited about it. Jay, I'm going to throw you a curveball real quick. Uh-oh. You know, I talked about Angband, which is a lot sure. more straightforward. But you didn't want to do that one because I've already, I've played it a little bit recently. Yeah. I might talk about it next time. Angband is a, is, is a variant, just, just like Net, uh, NetHack is a variant of uh, Rogue. Mm-hmm. Angband is a variant of a game called Moria. That might be more a little bit more straightforward than Rogue. Okay. That might be a better idea, especially for me, who hasn't played any ASCII-style roguelikes. So Moria um, is definitely, definitely not as famous as Rogue. But like I said, I think it's a lot... I think, from what I, from my limited knowledge, I think it's a lot more straightforward. Do you want to do that, or do you want to just stick with Rogue? It's, it's 100% um, your If something's call. a little bit more streamlined, it might be a good idea, especially for myself who hasn't played it, and probably a lot of our listeners who haven't played... Um, an ASCII style roguelike so if if you are confident in what you said then yeah I think that's completely fun that's probably a good idea to be honest do you want how about this why don't I do a little research and we'll decide next episode okay is that cool with you yeah 100% alright let me just look into these a little bit more I've played NetHack some recently I have been playing Angband I'll look into Rogue and Moria see which one of those is going to be more easier to jump in and play and not have to, you know, read for an hour before you have an idea of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it'll, so, so next episode, we, we will be discussing, we'll, we'll announce our game of the quarter. Our next game of the quarter will be either rogue or Moria. I'll, we'll let you guys know on the next episode. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Jay, we haven't talked enough yet. So why don't we go to top fives? I dig it. This episode was top five franchises that we would like an MMO made out of. Uh, Jay, why don't you kick sure. us off? Slap us off on this one. I, I actually missed, missed, uh, missed the part about franchises. So let me make sure my list does qualify for that. That does. That does. Well, I mean, I mean I'm just mean does. it doesn't have to be a full franchise. Just any. Okay. Like, as, just want like, to make sure. I would, you know, if you're choosing fucking... 
Swickeden. I wouldn't want to say Swickeden one would be an awesome MMO, uh, and also Swickeden two would be an MMO. I see. It would be like Swickeden as a whole, right? But if it's just a single game in a franchise, that's fine too. Yeah. Um, standalone, standalone. My number five is God of War. So it is obviously oh, wow. a franchise. Yeah, I, again, I'm gonna say this ahead of time. I don't know how a lot of these would work out, but I just <laughs> this think is how I feel a... about mine. Okay, good. Because it, it's it's. I think it'd be an interesting concept. I think if you gave it to the mo- uh, a creative person and it allowed them to run with it, maybe had some conversations, it'd be kind of interesting. God of War has always been a really really fun action RPG, so I think it'd be kind of, it'd be interesting to do that in the world of an MMO. There have been other MMOs that have done action style RP. Excuse me, action style MMOs that have done quite well, like Terra. Terra was a very successful for a, a, lo- a good amount of time that was an action MMO, um, which kind of broke the the pattern that we had for a long time, which was a lot of slow-paced, almost almost turn-based uh, style RP- uh, MMOs. So I think a God of War one that had some pretty dope mechanics, especially if it had world PvP or like world boss mechanics, would be extremely fun to play. I would, I would absolutely give it a shot. Is God of War considered an action RPG? I thought it was just an action game. Um, I guess I use the uh, t- t- the term RPG pretty lightly, so it may just be an action style game. Okay, but it's pretty linear and it's very story driven. So for me, that falls in the category of RPG. But maybe that's inaccurate in saying. Okay. Um. All right. My number five. You know what? And I feel like we maybe have done this list before. Could be wrong. I think we have done something similar. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I think I have some pretty different ideas than I would have before. Okay. I, so. think, I think one of mine is the same. Not this one, but my, my next one. That's that's why I, I thought... I think one of mine like, may have as well then, because I know for a fact that when I realized, I was like, oh shit, that'd be so good. <laughs> well, anyways, my number five <clears throat> is Earthbound. Hmm. How would that, how cool would that be if, if, if you're in an MMO where people are running around just like as little kids and then you're fighting like coffee cups and taxi cabs and trees sure. and shit. I'd like, be, I'd be interested. I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't know how it would work. Exactly. But I, <laughs> I have no fucking Not close to it. I don't know how the hell you would even get close to making this work, but if you, you did, it'd be sweet, right? <laughs> yeah. hundred thousand percent. Uh, my number four is Shadow of the Colossus. So again, like we said before, I don't know how, how this exactly would work, but <laughs> oh, I think it'd be pretty damn fun to have a lot of Colossi running around and having different people interact with them. Maybe people have different roles that benefit each other, or maybe you have to synergize with different players. I don't know exactly how it works, but I would love to have, like, imagine Shadow of the Colossus, but you're in parties like three or five, and you have different class types that synergize with each other in order to take down some more complex and difficult Colossi. Okay, all right. I think it'd be pretty damn dope. You could even do things like aesthetics, like different types of mounts or different character types. Like, I think you could, I think you could expand on this pretty well. I don't think it could be a full-fledged MMO by, uh, as a standalone, but I think, uh, I think it'd be kind of interesting to see somebody who has a pretty creative direction run, run with it. Okay, I think you made a good argument for it. All right, my number four is Mario. This is the one that I, that I feel like I may have said <clears throat> before, which is maybe you think that we've done this. Think about, like, again, don't really know how it would work, but just imagine it, Momo, just in the Mario world, in the Mushroom Kingdom. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, just how colorful it is. You've got, you know, instead of the typical bad guys, you've got little mushrooms that you're jumping on. you got turtles flying around. you got, what else, like piranha plants, coming at you and you are i don't know just jumping around do like just imagine a whole entire world of mario sure. shit. explore the world yeah yeah, absolutely. yeah 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 imagine odyssey but mmo right like there'd be there's a lot of content in odyssey if, if you haven't played it <laughs> i didn't play odyssey but this, oh, okay. is, this one also falls in the i don't know quite how it would work category yeah. but 
It'd be sweet if it did. I dig it. Um, I was stuck on two horror games. I was stuck between Ooh. Parasite Eve and Left 4 Dead. I think either one of these would be kind of interesting oh, to cool. see. I'm thinking Left 4 Dead might be a little bit more lucrative. I think if you took Destiny style of being, you know, just a, a almost like a just a um, what, what would you call that? Like a hack and slash with guns. Like it's just a purely you're right. just mowing things down. Um, I think if you did De- if you did Left 4 Dead like that, that'd be kind of interesting. There's different types of mobs you can include. They added a lot of specialty monsters throughout the different um, different Left 4 Deads that I think would be kind of interesting to implement into an MMO universe. But again, as we keep saying over and over and over, kind of tough to see it as a full fledged MMO. But I would love to see a truly horror esque MMO. I think it'd be there are there are horror MMOs, but for the most part, I've read that they're that great. Yeah. What can you name? Uh, I was reading about it. I had not heard of any of them, and I looked at their reviews because I was like, oh, shit, has there ever been a horror MMO? And then I was reading around. People were, like, naming off different ones that had horror elements to them, hmm. and there were a couple apparently full-fledged ones, but people said for the most part they're either dead or just absolute dog do. So Really? Interesting. Okay. My number three. I think this one could work. Okay? Yep. Uh, you know, we got World of Warcraft, Okay. Of course. What if they did StarCraft? Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, remember remember uh, Nova? Or what was it called? The uh, StarCraft Ghost. 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 They could have expanded that into an MMO a million years ago. Yep. That would be awesome. I mean, basically, I mean, they could even just follow the same formula and just have it be a sci-fi, you know, game based in the StarCraft universe as opposed to WarCraft. There's actually rumors that they're doing that right now. <clears throat> Really? All seriousness. Yeah, because they, I mean, Blizzard's <laughs> struggling right now, obviously, and they need a new IP or they need something new. There's actually actually speculation that they are doing something like that. World of Starcraft. Yep. They could have to make it say, World of Warcraft, like, goes really well. So they'd have to wake. How about Story of Starcraft? Oh, I mean, they call it just World of Starcraft. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that would be, I think it would sound, I think it would just come across as really lazy if that was what they did. Okay. Um,. um. Oh, sorry. Uh, do you think it would work? What do you think? So I'm going to lead this into my number two, because my number two is World of Starcraft. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. So my thought for it was, have you ever played Planetside before? No, I never played I know it. I know of it. I've never played it. I used to play Planetside a lot with Scoots. You remember Scoots? Yeah, yeah, back yeah. In the yeah, day? Sir, Sir so, yeah, I used to play with them a lot. Or not a lot, but a decent amount. And I feel like if you took Starcraft and implemented it into a Planetside, that'd be amazing. So Planetside, for those of you guys who don't know, is it, I think it's, is it a first person or third person shooter? I think it's first I'm pretty person, sure right? it's first person. It's, it's been a minute since I played it. Sorry, but uh, essentially the idea is you are just a, a entry level. You're an entry level military person, so you could be a rifleman. You could be you know something close range. You could be uh, a marine or whatever, fire bat, whatever you want to be. Right. And as you build up reputation, or you build some sort of um, currency or whatever it is, or some sort of honor, you can purchase things, and you you get those until they go until you lose them. So essentially, if you played a marine, you could you know. Do, take over different buildings and then eventually you can get enough money to buy a fire bat and then you could be the fire bat for a while and then oh you have enough money you could buy a siege tank and you have a siege tank until the siege tank dies <laughs> and generally when these heavy military or these heavy military vehicles come into play usually you the rest of your faction will join you and what was great about Planetside is there was mo- there was more than two factions so it, it would align with Starcraft quite well and for those who haven't played it there was semi-permanent things that you could do. So when you took over a certain building or an encampment, you would keep that until the opposing faction or the third faction would take it back from you. So you could go to bed owning an entire continent with blue and then wake up in the morning and all of it's taken by red. And it's like, oh shit, we lost that continent. We got to get it back. And you felt like you could actually make a, a real impact in, in Planet Side 1. Planet Side 2 
was rough for me. So I don't want to say that I would like it for I would like for it to be Planetside Two. But if they were able to recreate the magic that was Planetside One in a StarCraft universe, I think they would make some pretty serious money off of it if they did it well. And it's Blizzard, so it's possible. I think at least I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So that's my number two. Sorry to to trampoline off yours, but um, on to you again. All right. So, um, I've been playing. Uh, I started playing. I'll talk about this more in current gaming subcast. But I started playing Octopath Traveler finally. Oh, what did you think? Oh, actually, sorry. We'll sorry. get there. We'll get there. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I want an MMO like that. That looks like that. That looks like looks like that or plays like that. That looks both. Okay. Primarily looks because it's turn based, so it would be tough to do that in an MMO. Yeah. But possible. Um. But I want like a classic style Final Fantasy type game where your your characters are sprites, but at the same time, you know, uh, Octopath takes place in a. It's like a three D. You're 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 controlling them on a three D plane even though the characters are 2D sprites. So I think there would be, you know, enough room for other characters to run around as opposed to just as if it was everything was purely 2D, you know, yep. it would the screen would get filled up instantly with characters. This, I think, would be a little bit more doable. I just think it would be really fun to have an MMO where instead of the traditional, you know, way that all MMOs look, basically, yep. if it was a 2D, you know, it could be, again... 3D landscape, but 2D sprite-based characters. I just think that would be cool to have a bunch of 2D characters. Sure. And I, I guess, I guess, uh, what? Um, Ragnarok, or is it Ragnarok that looked that that actually? You, you're is, asking the wrong person. Sorry, I actually don't. know. I think Ragnarok I and think it or has been done before, but I can't think of what it was. But maybe not as good. I don't know. I would basically what I want is a 2D Final Fantasy MMO. Might be easier said than done. Maybe. But I think it'll be sweet. Yeah, I would I would give it a shot. Shit. That sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay. My number one was done, but they fucked it up so bad that they closed it after less than a year. And okay. I don't know how they fucked it up, and I don't know why, because it was so easy to do. This is, uh, I'm going to call it the World of Dynasty Warriors, because World of is the best, oh, best right. intro title. Yeah, so Dynasty Warriors is what? What's how's it described? Just a freaking uh, what's the term for it? <sighs> just like I, I don't know. I know. I'm sure you know there is one. Yeah, about. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. Just just a, okay. I'll say hack and slash, but it's not. It's like even less than even less. Yeah. even more mindless so, than that. For those who play Dynasty Warriors, you're, it is kind of like a hack and slash. You're basically a named guy. You trash a bunch of weak guys. You fight some officers. You get stronger. You build up your army. You keep pushing. And similar to that of, of what I was kind of talking about with Planet Side, it could be something where the, the world is active and you can continuously keep pushing things. So they originally released this game. And guess why it sucked so bad? Just take a guess. I remember hearing about this, but I don't remember what the specific. I, I think I probably told you about it. You couldn't play with other people. <laughs> you couldn't play with other people? Nope. When you played, you had to go through this ridiculous quest chain and get to a certain level in order to play with other people. My, my close friend, uh, Dakota, him and I growing up played hundreds of hours of Dynasty Warriors. Dynasty Warriors 3, Dynasty Warriors 4, Samurai Warriors. All of them. We played, and my brother as well. This came out, and we were like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to get an outhouse and just play this game 24 hours a day. Like, no no joke. 
it comes out, we're playing, and I'm like, hey, you doing the quest? He's like, yeah, this is, this is pretty cool so far. Gameplay was pretty okay. It was actually pretty damn good. And you could use a controller for it, which was great. This was on the computer. And then we start playing, and it's like, I don't see you in town. It's like, I don't see you either. I see some random people. Yeah. Can you invite them? No, it's grayed out. Okay. So we try to invite each other. We finally find each other. Nope, can't, can't invite each other. We go through the quest. I Google it, and some guy's like, yeah, you have to achieve a certain level, and you have to do this quest chain. And I find out it's, like, pretty deep in. It's, like, several hours in. So, we're like, oh, my gosh. So we probably play, like, one hour a week for, like, five weeks. And then an email comes out saying, hey, sorry, the game's being canceled or being closed. Holy fuck. After, like, it was less than a year. It was, like, nine months or something after it came out that they closed it down. And it was, like, if you did that well, if you executed on that, that would be a – I think it would be very successful in the world. I don't, I don't doubt it at all. I think if you executed on it well and it was like an active world, without question, people would play the shit out of it. People love active worlds, and especially a game like that, if it's done correctly, just absolutely – people would just pay money for it without question. Oh, so irritating. So disappointing. I would love for them to, to try it again, but, you know. That's a shame. Yep. All right. My number one. Now, this is definitely in the territory of I don't quite know how this would work. Oh, <laughs> God. Where are you going? I know you. <laughs> no, no, it's nothing like that. Honey uh, MMO. No, well, that too. But uh, the X-Wing and TIE Fighter series. Interesting. Ooh, I could. What's the big space MMO that's really prevalent? Oh, are you talking about the one that hasn't come? Are you talking about um, Star Citizen? No, the one, the one that's been out for like twenty years. Space. Oh, 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 Eve, Eve Online. Eve. Yeah, is it Eve? Yeah, yeah, it is Eve Online. Yeah, you, no, no, no. This would be like that. No, 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 no. I don't think it would be like that at all. I think okay. that that game is not really action oriented. This would be a hundred percent action oriented. Okay. It, you know, if, obviously, it would be a Star Wars MMO. But instead mm-hmm. of a typical Star Wars game, and you know, the like the MMOs that they have released, it would be you know. Basically, a hundred percent, just based on you being a pilot of you know a Tie Fighter or an X Wing or something, and uh, that's the whole game is you piloting your ship, going on missions to kill other motherfuckers, and maybe like getting better, and then like maybe eventually, uh, you know, rise. Maybe you rise up in the ranks and get to like captain a larger ship. Like maybe if you're in the Imperial ranks. And you get high enough level, like maybe you get your own Star Destroyer. And then you're controlling that. And then you have all your other, you know, other people that are TIE Fighters that are kind of like under you or something like that. Like, again, don't know quite how it would work, but something along those lines, I think it would be really killer. Yeah, that sounds interesting. 100%. Yeah, okay. You have my approval. Thank you. You're going to play it when I uh, make it? Uh, it is actually crazy, though. There is a there is a large void. Sorry to, to derail a little bit, but it, it is a very interesting time for MMOs. It is a there is a void of people. I mean, you saw how successful Classic was. If somebody designs a good MMO that is not focused around just grabbing your freaking wallet and actually is a a well driven product, especially if it relates to VR in some case, shape or form, billionaire, but but billionaire, like without it is going to be. I know there's going to be something that's going to come out and it's going to just drag everyone in. And I'm just waiting for it. I, I think it's probably going to be funded by something the likes of Amazon or, or some crazy, crazy large company. I think there's there's got to be uh, some way to mix up the formula. Yeah, or, or to yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
I don't know what it is. I've thought about it a lot. I've come up with some pretty good ideas. I definitely think what all the MMO... It's so funny, too, because the issue right now is one MMO does something, and it's successful, and every other MMO around is like, oh, oh, let's do that. And then they try to do it, and it's just a cheap knockoff of that, and it just creates this oversaturated market of just trash, and it's like, oh, there's... And then somebody's like, oh, there's no good MMOs. No, there's like nine good MMOs. Like, well, yeah, they're all the same, though. We want something different. We don't... I mean, Destiny was an absolute flop. Now that uh, Bungie has it, hopefully it'll get better. A lot of people are anticipating that to improve quite a bit. Blizzard obviously learned a decent lesson, but I think they're going to go back to their old ways within a couple of years. I don't think they're going to do anything um, unique afterwards. So I don't know. It's a really interesting time for MMOs. I think the next MMO that is good is going to dominate the market for a long time. Good. And hopefully it's a good developer. Hopefully it's not some scummy developer that just is greedy <laughs> and wants a lot of money. I'm serious. Yeah, no. I would I love for a, a real MMO that I can sink my teeth into. So to speak. Yeah, let's, let's do this. T- how, how many hours do you think I have on my uh, character in WoW already? Fuck. I, just, on Classic WoW? Yeah. Uh, now, there is some time that I was definitely off because I was just keeping myself online. Okay, 150. Uh, 375. <laughs> I would say 75 of that is me keeping myself online. I do that a lot of work. Like, I have a remote connection and I just, like, log in. So I have 300 plus hours in a little over a month. That is the most time I've spent playing a single game in a long time. So it's like, if somebody does it, we will come. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Cool. Um, cool. Emails? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do them. We only got two for the uh, for the game of the quarter of all things. But let's see what we got. I'm gonna get Simon and Chase. Well, you know we got Chase the Night Cleaner. Uh, the other yeah, was a- was Father Beast. Oh, of course. Okay, another staple. All right. How's your voice holding out right now? What do you think? I still sound amazing. Okay, what then you, you get to read this one. Oh shit! I mean, uh, I'm dying. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love, I love reading emails. Throw them away. I like reading them too, but sometimes I just. No, I love. I said love. You said like. You said like. I said love. I said I love reading emails. We have it recorded. All right, all right. Father Beast says, hello, classic gamers. This is Father Beast. I had trouble coming up with titles for rebranded, or excuse me, rebanned? Hold on. The banned games category? The the banned games category. Okay, sorry. There's a letter missing. Uh, I had trouble coming up with titles for the banned games category so much so that i put off writing writing you about it until i had missed the episode you guys talked about it well here's my pathetic entry into the matter late and not fully fleshed uh when i was a kid i was not i was not of an age to have any video games banned to me and i haven't heard anyone my age having having gotten banned from games when i was in the 11th grade we got an atari 2600 but i can't recall any games on that console getting enough bad press for parents to keep their kids from playing it that that may partially due to the fact that E.T. was released after I graduated from high school. As it became apparent, my wife and I banned certain TV shows, such as SpongeBob SquarePants and The Simpsons, but we SpongeBob. didn't need to find them. What? Okay. Uh, the Simpsons I get. I mean, yeah, sure, my, but SpongeBob. My sister yeah. wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons because she, she was at first, but um, then she said damn one time, <laughs> and we were pretty sure. <laughs> it's funny. We were like in the car. And somebody said something. She was like four or five. And she just goes, 
damn. <laughs> and so we're pretty sure that she got it from the Simpsons. So she wasn't allowed to watch it anymore, but I, I was always allowed to. Interesting. Okay. Uh, this was probably due to the fact that we had no consoles and our PC could only run games from five years or more before. It was only then our youngest son became old enough to earn enough money to buy his own Xbox that we began banning M-rated games such as Halo and Max Payne. Our banning did no good whatsoever since he would just play whatever he wanted at his friend's place. That's what I did. <laughs> yep. uh, but I did want to tell you about the most stupid case of a banned game I've ever heard of. Ooh. My oldest son was living at a group home where they were constantly supervised and given strict rules. In such places, the staff has given some money to buy Christmas presents for the boys living there. I recall that they had an Xbox there, and I think it was the Christmas that I'd bought a, him a used copy of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Anyway, the house bought him a joystick with an audio and video outputs for your TV, which had some Spider-Man games loaded onto it. Okay, cool, I thought. But then my son calls me up in February and tells me to come pick up his Spider-Man gamer joystick. Well, or why? Well, it seems the kids there are not allowed to have such joystick games. That's right. They banned the very game they bought him for Christmas. <laughs> what? That was stupid. <laughs> that's pretty stupid, yeah. Okay, that's uh, quite stupid. That is actually pretty crazy. Uh, Father Beast goes on to say, ah, but that's okay because now I get to tell you about what happened on my birthday this year. On my birthday, my youngest son comes up to me and says, happy birthday, Dad. I wasn't expecting anything, but I opened the box and got a Commodore 64 Mini. Nice. Uh, I guess he paid about $35 for it, but this thing is cool. I remember that I sent you guys a while back with the top five games I would play on the Commodore 64 Mini. I feel like I should report to you guys on how it works out, of, uh, how it works out playing those games but to keep you from having to hear me drone on for too long, huh, might be a little too late for that. Uh, I decided that, was, that I he, only... he wrote that in his email, by the way. That wasn't Jay's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Commentary. I, do it in a voice. Uh, I decided that I will only cover one game per email, and I will try to keep those down to one per episode. Maybe. Anyway, the game I'm talking about today is Castle Wolfenstein. Uh, Castle Wolfenstein, while it is the game that inspired the early first-person shooter Wolfenstein 3D, it isn't much like it. Getting, getting it running was easy. I just put a disk image on a flash drive and plugged it into the second USB port on the Mini, the first one taken by the multifunctional joystick used to control and navigate the console. Playing it is more difficult. The game uses a lot of keyboard commands, including one to fire your gun. There is a virtual keyboard you can access, but I found it too cumbersome to actually play with. You can plug a USB keyboard into one of the slots, and I had one around, but I was out of USB slots. So I had to go get a USB hub to have a keyboard plugged in and able to run the game at the same time. Anyway, when you start the game, you get several screens of text telling you the situation. A dying prisoner slips through, fl slips you a gun and 10 bullets. Your job is to escape. If you can get past the guards, maybe the uh, maybe find the secret war plans on your way out for extra points. Uh, but you start in a room which might have a guard in it, maybe or, or maybe not. All the rooms are randomly generated. The joystick is used to move and to point the gun. You hold down the joy, joy button and move the joystick to point your gun in any of eight directions. You can try and shoot the guards, or you can arrange for them to walk up, up to you with, their, with your gun pointing at them, at which point you hold them up. Press the space bar to search them, take their ammo, or you can search their body after you shoot them and take their ammo. There are chests in the room, and if you press the space bar to open them, which could take over 100 seconds, what? You can shoot at the chest to speed <laughs> that up, which might which might or might Holy not. Shit. What? Plus, if you shoot at a chest which turns out to have bullets or grenades or cannonballs, it can blow up and you die in the explosion. Chests can be empty or they can Jeez. hold something useless like... Yeah, you want to try that one for me? Uh, uh, sorry, I wasn't following this part. Leap for milk? Leap for milk? 
Where's this? Or schnapps or cannonballs. I'm highlighting the, it. Yeah, is a German word. Okay. Uh, but they can hold something useful like grenades, bullets, uniforms, bulletproof vests, or the grand prize, the secret war plans. You start out wearing green stripes. Regular guards wear light brown. SS guards wear blue and bulletproof bless. Best, excuse me. Uh, if you find a uniform, you start looking like a guard, and you can sneak past the guards, who will ignore you unless you have your gun out. If you ha- if you gain a bulletproof vest, either from a chest or holding up an SS guard, you will look like an SS guard, and regular guards will ignore you even if you have your gun out. They will still come for you if you hold up another guard to- or fire your gun. SS guards might still challenge you under any circumstances, at which time any other guards in the room will come for you. Each room has a pattern of walls, which might hide you from guards seeing you. Excuse me. Each room has a pattern of walls, which might hide you from guards seeing you have your gun out or seeing you at all if you don't have a uniform. Once you get a uniform and a bulletproof vest, your task is mostly figuring out how to get through each room without alerting the guards, each of which continually marching in a set pattern and making your way past them without alerting them at get. Excuse me, alerting them and getting caught. Every time you run into a wall or a guard accidentally, the screen flashes, an alarm sounds, and you can't do anything for a few seconds. If they are alerted, that's usually when the guards catch you. SS guards will follow you from room to room with a small delay, so it might be a good idea to have killed the guards in previous rooms, and you can welcome the SS guard with without the other guards coming for you. A grenade can take out an SS guard, and if you aren't careful about being too close to the explosion, it can destroy your uniform and vest and put you back in the prison greens. Grenades can also destroy walls if you want. The game ends when the guard catches you, uh, a gray screen with the words, you're caught, at which point they return you to your cell with your gun and 10 bullets. Uh, (laughs) Minus uniforms, vests, and grenades, but the guards you have killed in the other rooms are still dead. You might also get killed, a gray screen with the words, you're dead, at which point you you start in a newly generated castle. You might also escape. Maybe with the plans, then you can start over in a new castle with a higher rank, read higher difficulty from the private field marshal. Interesting. And that's the game. It's much more of a stealth game than a run-and-gun shooter, such as Wolfenstein 3D. Um, if you do a lot of running and gunning, you are likely to run out of bullets and spend a lot of time backtracking to find guards' corpses, corpses, which still have some bullets. You can find a chest with bullets, but these might run out, especially on higher difficulties. I, require, I, I recall my brother took delight in having SS guards chase him into an empty room where he would hold them up and take their bulletproof vest and then leave them in the room and they couldn't follow him because without the vest they weren't SS guards anymore. Wow, that's really smart coding actually. (laughs) That's interesting. Uh, Myself, I recall having to select for a new map a few times because I was in an unwinnable situation. Playing it now, I had to do the same when I had no uniform and the next room was open. It was, was an open space with four guards on patrol. One of which you ran into as you entered the room, so you were immediately caught. It's still interesting and fun to play as a stealth puzzle game. I'll get to the other games on my top five later on. In the meantime, the subject of games I would like to see as an MMO. I have some ideas, and hopefully I'll write in before uh, before you actually record the ne- next episode. And we will also have the game of the quarter to talk. So the next email will likely be, a, be substantial. Make sure you have plenty of water. Still listening. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for wow. all these. Looking forward to hearing that. I hope you're hope you uh, get a chance to write in about... Uh, yeah, I still want to hear about Mr. Mosquito if you played it. That's All right. awesome. That was a good one. Um, last email. Bop, is bop, from bop. Mr. Chase the Night Cleaner. Let's see what Chase has to say. Peace. Subject line is the Classic WoW Podcast. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about, Chase. <laughs> Chase says, hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner again. Checkity checking the emails, strong bad style. 
So I, so I left this last minute again, which uh, which means I must be brief. First off, Mr. Mosquito, didn't know this game existed until you decided to do it. Also, what the fuck is this game? I hope you all enjoyed <laughs> perfect, it. Perfect, perfect, perfect. There it is. Straight out of that crazy Japanese creative bubble of the early to mid-2000s that also had such gems as Katamari, Damachi, and Shadow of the Colossus. Actually, a lot of people compared this to Katamari from the perspective of, holy shit, Japan. But uh, <laughs> I saw online. Next, I'll just jump into my question of the day. In honor of Jay's most legendary WoW classic bender, I would, lo- I would like to ask, what is your favorite race in the Warcraft setting? I have been an Ooh. OG Pandaren fan from all the way back in Warcraft 3, yeah. where the race was revealed as one of the meanest April Fool's jokes to hit the internet. Yeah, we, got a bre- right. we got a brewmaster hero, but never a playable race. I'm still hoping Warcraft gets one more RTS before Blizzard completely disappears into Activision. Yeah, it's actually, it's actually true. I was really disappointed when Pandarians came out because I felt like it was so lazy. Early on, I, w- I wish they would have done more with it because you don't know this, Robert, but uh, Pandarians turned out to be, um, they t- turned out to be both Horde and Alliance, which was such a lackluster thing. And the way the models for Pandarians were so fucking boring. Why is that, um, why is that bad? Um, it was just really their their lore was it just felt weak it just it made them feel really really weak because they just became like this passive just i don't know it just felt like a subpar race it it was around the time that blizzard was really struggling to produce good content for wow and it just felt really lazy and they tried to make them cool and they're like these teddy bear pandas it just it just wasn't good i'm sorry i know a lot of people really hyped up pandarans but Back to your question. What is my favorite race in, in, in WoW? Um, probably Tarn. I wish Tarn, Tarn are, are um, minotaurs or, or cows, or they're basically humanoid cows or, or, um, or bulls. Uh, they are probably my favorite race. It was the original race that I ended up leveling back in original vanilla. I played a couple of, of, of other races as well, but the first one that I hit 60 on was a Tarn. I always really like them. I love their starting zone. I love the lore that follows them, and they're very nature-esque. They are kind of native, if you will. Um, I've always just really, really liked Torrents. And they ride Kodos, which are these badass... Um, I don't even know how to describe them, man. They, they're almost like Rhinoceros, but not really. No, not even close to Rhinoceros. I don't even know how to describe them. But when you get the the um, more expensive version of their mounts, they have these war drums on the side of them, which is just kick-ass. They're just a really, really cool race. Great lore. They're great people within the lore, so it's just like a really well-rounded race. I, I wish they were better, because I would love to have played a Tarn more. Um, but, yeah. I like the undead. Yeah, a lot of people do. I, I've always liked undead a lot too. But honestly, uh, every fuckboy I know, or uh, most people who play undead in actual WoW are fuckboys. Like Why? 100%. Really? Yeah, without question. If you had to pick a race that's like, who? if you had a, if you, all the chads were in one room, what race would they be? Probably undead, unfortunately. <laughs> they kind of ruined undead for me, honestly. I like the night elves a lot too, but I, that seems even more stereotypical to say. Yeah, right. That's also kind of the, the the default race. I want to play a night elf hunter, aka Legolas. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. did think the night those were kind of like I'm thinking back specifically to Warcraft three. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were like the two races that I had the most fun playing. Yeah, I enjoyed all the races in Warcraft three. Were super fun. Oh my gosh! But I yeah. cannot. Do they still haven't? By the way, remember how they said summer 2019 for Warcraft three? They haven't even given us a freaking release date yet. It's October. Wait, oh, wait, wait, what were they going to, it was a remaster, uh, like a it's remake? It's a remaster of Warcraft 3. They said summer 2019. It really? is October and we don't have a fucking release date. I have, but hey, I didn't remember the collector's that. edition, they told, they told us what's in the collector's edition and how much money you can spend on it. Like, fucking <laughs> get your good. priorities straight. Oh, it's so frustrating. 
That's hilarious. So frustrating, Blizzard. Get your party straight. Uh, let's see. Chase says... Hold on, I lost it. Ah, here we go. Uh, and that is it for me, gentlemen. Next time I deliver an email that engages you both is eloquent and filled with unnecessary callbacks. Oh, wait. Next time I will deliver an email that engages you both is eloquent and filled with unnecessary callbacks. Thank you again for all that you do and for this amazing section of your show. Cheers and talk soon, Chase and Night Cleaner. Thanks, Chase. Thank you so much, Chase, as always. We we, we do appreciate it every time. Um. All right. This is going on for a while, but I got to talk about it because I mentioned earlier. Current gaming subcast, uh, I got Octopath Traveler to talk about for a second. Sure. So uh, this is the... Uh, the Square Enix RPG that was released for the Switch about a year and a half ago. Does that sound about yeah, right to you? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, and kind of the uh, the thing that, that well, I guess kind of two, it's got two, I don't want to call them gimmicks, two things that, that kind of make it stand out. One, the first probably is the art style. It yeah, is so good. It, it looks so good. It's 2D, the characters are 2D sprites. But the but the the game is in like three D space, so you're running around towns, and it's not just like a two D Final Fantasy game. It it, it it's kind of hard to describe. You really just have to kind of look up a screenshot if you haven't seen it already. Um, but just imagine two D sprites kind of running around on a on a you know shallow three D back three uh, D landscape, but it is definitely three D landscape. Um, and it's it's a turn based RPG. Uh, kind of typical Square Enix type stuff. You got your your damage dealers, your tanks, your white mages, black mages, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then the other main the other main thing is there are eight main characters, and they kind of each have their own story. So you're you're basically going and doing their stories more or less in whatever order you want. As their stories get as as you advance in each of their stories. It'll say like, okay, it'll show you on the map where you need to go, you know, for every next person's, mm -hmm. for, for every next chapter for each person's story. And it'll say, you know, recommended level this or that. So a lot of times you don't want to just burn through one person's story because you're going to be getting way in over your head. You're not going to be leveled up enough to advance. So typically you kind of want to do, you know, generally speaking, you want to do everybody's first chapter, then everybody's second chapter and so on and so forth. In whatever order you want, but it's but it's good to kind of stick to the same, you know, number of chapter in general, and kind of do everybody and then move on. Um, you can have so so there's eight characters. You can start off with whoever you want, and the way it works is kind of before you have all eight characters, you start off with just one person, and you're just that character. You do their kind of intro chapter, and then you kind of go on and start doing whatever you want. Probably what you're going to want to do is go go find your next person. So you go, it'll show you on the map, like where the eight main characters start. You can go to the next, you know, where, whoever you want next. And it kind of, you kind of like stumble upon them and find them in this, you know, whatever town they're in. And then you do their chapter and then you do, you know, so on and so forth until you have all eight characters. You only have four in your party at any given time. So, and you can only switch out at certain points in the game. You can only switch out when you go to a tavern in a town. So you can't just trade out whatever you want. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of the general gameplay and am I leaving anything out? I feel like there's something else I was going to say about something else important about the mechanics that I was going to say, but I, but I can't think of anything about it. 
just to kind of give you an idea, the by the time I had completed the first chapter of each of the eight characters, that was about 12 hours in. So it takes a substantial amount of time to kind of get going. And I still hadn't even unlocked all of the mechanics. There is a uh, a job system mechanic that you that you eventually unlock, and that's you don't even that doesn't even happen until after you. Well, for, it kind of can happen, I guess, whenever. But you sort of I, I don't want to give away any spoilers. It doesn't tell you anything about that mechanic until you find something that kind of unlocks that mechanic for you, and then you can start using it. Um, so even that for me didn't even come until a little ways after I had already gotten all eight characters. Uh, so again, it's pretty basic turn-based RPG. It is, I, I, it is, I like the challenge. It's not just super easy the whole time. The battle system is really good. It's not anything like, you know, revolutionary, but it, it is, they do it. I won't get into the details, but the battle system, they do enough to really keep all the battles interesting. Another thing I really like is the, uh, the, the enemy sprites. It, it reminded me a lot of final fantasy six where the characters themselves all look really innocent. And then the, the bad guys are like super detailed sprites and usually quite a bit bigger. And then when you fight a boss, it's like these enormous, gigantic 2D sprites that look like larger than life, incredibly detailed, really, really, really well drawn. Um, Jay, I am having a blast with this game. Like, I thought it was going to be pretty cool for a while, and then I was going to kind of, you know, experience the the look of the game, which is what, what, what drew me to it in the first place, and then kind of get over it. And I read a lot of people online saying... Like oh yeah, this was uh, this was fun for the for the first maybe twenty hours or something like that. Damn. But and then I got tired of it and, and gave up because I got you know the the stories weren't interesting to me anymore. Hmm. I am on hour thirty right now and still having a blast. Like I I don't know what what it is. I mean, well I, I'm sorry. I do know what it is. First off, the game is beautiful. You look at a screenshot and it looks great. The characters look great. The it's you know again it's a really unique uh, it's a really unique style of of graphics where it's again these two D sprites in a three D on a three D landscape, but even beyond that, all of the environments just are beautiful. There are parts where you're on the desert and the desert's like sparkling as you're going through, or you're in a cave and then there, and there's these spots where rays of sunshine are coming through and it just looks amazing. Uh, and, and they, and they kind of blur the background just enough to make it like really, really, really kind of photographic looking. Even the game again, even, even if you've seen this, even if you've screen seen screenshots or maybe even a little bit of gameplay for me, I was like, yeah, that looks really good. And then once I started playing it, it looked even better than I than I had seen so far just from seeing screenshots and stuff. The music is also amazing all the way through. Like every every location I go to, the music is just fantastic. Uh and, and like I said, I keep playing because I'm I'm like, okay, this is I want kinda want to see what happens next. I just want to see, you know, the story's fine. The, the stories are kind of uh stereotypical RPG stuff. 
like, oh, I got to save this person and do this. And like, like one of the girl, like the white mage, for instance, she's, she belongs to this, uh, this church and she's going around lighting these flames and all these cathedrals. Uh, it's kind of like stereotypical, like, oh, I got to go, you know, keep the spirit alive of, of this or that God. And so everybody can have hope and stuff like that. You know, it's that kind of stuff. Nothing really deep, uh, almost sort of archetypal type type RPG stories is, is the way I would describe them. And that's kind of how it is for everybody. There's a thief character and he's got to do some, some thieving stuff. There's uh the, the, the main kind of mage character is a, uh, is a, is a scholar. And he, so his whole thing is about learning everywhere he goes and stuff like that. It's the story is not deep or complicated, but it's, it's like I said, it's archetypal enough to where it's like, all right, I can, I can kind of get invested in this and just kind of see where it goes. The big payoff for me is see is like kind of just go, just seeing visually almost what happens. Like, where is this going to take me? What's this dungeon going to look like? And especially what is the boss going to look like? Every time I got, I, I started a new uh, like chapter of one of the characters. Every time so far, I kind of find in the back of my mind, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is I really want to see what the boss of this chapter looks like. This I like this game so much that I feel like this has gotten me interested in RPGs kind of like for the first time, maybe, you know, like there are RPGs that I like, but in, but in general, I've never been, they, they, they just, I haven't, they never appealed to me all that much. Not as much. This game makes me want to go back and play more RPGs. Whoa. Careful, and I th- you're gonna be excited. <laughs> and I think I'm gonna I think I will do that too. Yeah. Um I I love it. People I've heard people complain, like, again, you know, this to me the story got boring, or like they don't tie all the character stories in, together in a way that really makes sense. And that's kind of true. They really don't do a good job of tying everybody's story together. It's just kinda like, oh, you got these eight guys, you're doing them one at a time, and they don't really connect that well, but to me, that doesn't bother me at all because everything else about the game has just blown me away. I am just absolutely loving it. Oh, I recommend it. If you couldn't tell, uh, it's just a little bit. It is so good. I I'm 30 hours in. Like I said, I feel like I'm probably about halfway through, roughly. Okay. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I'm definitely going to keep playing it. Cool. Okay. I think that's I think that's it for this episode of the Classic Gaming uh, Podcast. Is that all right with Wait, you, Jay? Wait, is this a podcast? I thought we were just talking. No, I've been recording this the whole time, dude. Oh, dude, you got to tell me when you're recording things. I could have said something really stupid. Sorry, uh, you, 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 you didn't. I promise, nothing stupid. Okay, then we're good. Uh, just a reminder, we are now a member of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. Check them out. Check out their other podcasts. They have a, uh, a, a lot of awesome podcasts. A lot of other awesome, really, a lot of, sorry, a lot of other really awesome podcasts as well. I had a little bit of trouble getting that one out. Check us out on iTunes, subscribe to us, leave us amazing reviews, tell all your friends to listen to us, send us emails to mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. You can tell us your top five. What is the top five? Ah, Uh, games that you've bought. Oh, we didn't go over that. Our next top five is games that you've bought the most. The games that you've bought the most number of times, or not necessarily bought, but came into possession of one way or another. Maybe you bought it, or you bought it once or twice, and then you also have, you know, like uh, Switch Online, so you got, you know, another ver- another copy of it, you know, if it's an NES game or something like that. Any game 
that you've come into possession to the most number of times, uh, your top five of those. Hmm. Uh, so again, that's mail Our game of the quarter is going to either be rogue or Moria. We think we'll decide that for sure by the next episode. Mm-hmm. And I guess, uh, that episode that we, uh, discussed the, the, this new game of the quarter will be, at the end of the year sometime. So we got a couple oh, yeah. months, a few months before we uh, talk about that. Uh, follow us at Class Games Cast. You can follow me at King Octavius. Jay, is there anything else we have before we let our beautiful listeners off into the sunset? No, I think that's it. All right, sweet. Well, um, I, think, I think that's going to wrap it up. Go by... Um, Go by Octopath Traveler, everybody. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We will be back in three weeks. Bye-bye.